and welcome to Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a flutist and a mindset coach for musicians, and we talk about all things music and mindset, and today is no exception. We are talking about something that I think is a bit elusive, but it's a sentence that is thrown around a lot among music teachers, among people in the industry, and it is... You just need to get out of your own way. And I think that, of course, always this is said with the best of intentions by whoever's saying it, right? But how do we know what that means and how do we do that? Like, what does it mean to be in your own way? And how do we get out of our own way? So one thing I think it's really important to reflect on is, um, The fact that when this is being said, right, someone else's interpretation of your playing or your ability, or maybe it's even yours. Maybe you're getting frustrated because you can't play as well in lessons as you can in the practice room and you don't know what's wrong. You don't know what's happening. And I think it's really important that as you go through maybe an inquiry process that we're going to talk about today, that, you know, you don't take, I don't know for an answer. So saying to yourself, okay, self, why is this happening? What's going on in this moment? If you say, I don't know, then you get nowhere, right? You are truly actually the only one that does know, which is really convenient, but it's really inconvenient to say you don't know in those instances. And I would encourage you to say, okay, like what if, what if I did know? What would my brain say? Because it's not you as a person who's deciding not to do their best in a lesson or a performance. Your brain is, is sort of stopping you in a way, right? So it's not like you're deciding to do this so you don't have to feel the weight of the blame here you know so but I think it is our brains are our responsibility if you've listened to this this podcast before you'll know that I say that a lot we can't control everything we think and feel but we are responsible for it because just like you'd be responsible for a kid that was yours you can't you're you can't control what they do all the time, but you still are responsible for them. That's my favorite analogy. <laughs> Our brains are just like children. <laughs> um, and I think it's important to ask your brain a lot of questions. The biggest one that I think contributes to us not being able to do what we know we can do in a lesson or a performance setting, if we've even, you know, especially if we've practiced a bunch and we think we, you know, for all intents and purposes, we should be able to do what we can in the practice room. And I think the question we need to ask ourselves is like, what are you making it mean about you if you make a mistake? What are you making it mean about you if your teacher disagrees with your interpretation? What are you making it mean about you? Or what is your brain making it mean about you if you do something quote-unquote incorrectly or wrong? I put those in air quotes verbally because 
I don't think that there's a wrong way to make sound waves. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing to remember. But if we are afraid to do something subconsciously, it's usually because that part of our brain is making it mean something about us. It usually means that we have some limiting beliefs to work through. Now, what are limiting beliefs, you ask? Um, so I think that whenever we believe things about ourselves that go against our progress, that's limiting belief. So why do we have these beliefs? Well, if we have the limiting belief that there's no way I can win this audition, or there's no way I'm going to get into that festival, or there's no way I could get into that school, if that's what we believe, because that's what we keep telling ourselves, then we, we start to believe that we practice saying it in our mind it wires into a certain level and we subconsciously sort of start to bail on ourselves in little ways, right? Because if it's not going to happen, our brain probably isn't going to waste energy on it. We're maybe not going to go as deep as we possibly can in our practice. Maybe that belief manifests as you getting overwhelmed and avoiding practicing or not doing the analysis you know you maybe could do for that Mozart concerto and deciding that, you know what, I don't have time. I have so many excerpts to practice, I don't have time to do that, even though it would absolutely be worth your while. These limiting beliefs can show up in different ways, but I also, you know, think that it's important to ask yourself whether you think you can actually accomplish the goal that you set. And then if you don't think you can do it, work on thinking that you can instead of working toward goodness knows what, because you know you're going <laughs> to bail on yourself when things get a little tough, right? So if you are working to a goal that you don't think that you can actually achieve, like you don't think it's possible, but you want it still, right? The thing isn't, the work then isn't working harder to prove yourself wrong. That doesn't work because our thoughts create how we feel. And if that feeling is shame or inadequacy, we're not all of a sudden going to be like excited to go practice when we feel inadequate, right? So I think it's really important that as soon as you set a goal, but you don't think you can achieve it, the work then isn't achieving the goal despite what you think, it's changing your mind, right? So I think it's really important that whenever you think, okay, can I do this? No, I don't think I can. I can't picture myself sitting in that orchestra. I can't picture myself being the one doing that job. I can't picture myself at that school. I can't. And then I want you to list out why. And this can be, um, 
this can bring up a lot of stuff sometimes, so make sure that you feel like you're in a safe environment. I would journal this down and I wouldn't do this uh, lightly, right? Um, and take care of yourself and be in curiosity about your own brain instead of judgment about your own brain. So we're looking and getting curious and we're investigating. We're in this for the data. <laughs> we're not in this to be judgmental right? So really asking yourself, okay, why don't you think so? And what do you think would need to change in order to become the person that gets into that school or wins that job or sits in that orchestra or whatever it might be? And this is a shift in self-concept, but I think it's so, 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 so important because sometimes we win these jobs or we get these things and we were so obsessed with just like getting it that when we're there and we're actually doing the thing, we feel so inadequate and we feel like imposters, Right? So what our brain does when it doubts us and when it comes up with these limiting beliefs, it's a great way of staying safe and small, right? If we are safe and small and only do things we know and we don't do new things and we don't become new people, then we get to stay safe. This is like primal stuff from thousands of years ago that's wired into our brain. We don't get a software update as humans even though we live in today's society where our basic needs are largely met on a daily basis. So your brain starts to freak out because actually putting yourself out there and putting everything you've got into something might mean rejection, which feels so bad because if you were rejected thousands of years ago from the group, you would die in the woods alone, right? That's why it feels so bad. But if you get to a place where you're willing to feel that on your own behalf, which is what I work with clients with so much, because if we're willing to feel disappointment and embarrassment and we're able to not make it mean anything about ourselves, that is the recipe for getting out of your own way, right? So it's uncovering any limiting beliefs. It's working deeper in your practice room rather than freaking out and just like trying to get some stuff done, as much stuff done as you can, right? It's about working on the belief of, yeah, I can do this. I could sit principal of this orchestra and feel confident. And if you can't because you have to do something else or you feel like you need more experience, that's something else, right? And then you know that. But then you can make a plan to get more experience, if that makes sense. So making sure that you're checking in with yourself. Do I believe I can do this? If the answer is no, where do we start, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, yeah, I've discovered that I don't actually think I can achieve my goal and my self-doubt is taking over. Chelsea, what do I do? <laughs> Wonderful question. I thought you'd never ask. So when we are fully in negativity, meaning we don't think we can do something and we want to be at a place where like, well, ideally we're like, I know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time, 
right? Like that is a hundred. If zero is there's no way this can happen. And a hundred is I know it's happening and having that confidence, right? We have to take the journey all the way from zero to a hundred, right? There's no skipping steps here, unfortunately, right? Because if I were to tell someone that they could do something that they didn't think they could do, um, most of the time they're going to roll their eyes, right? So yeah, like if someone told me, like, if you tried out for the NBA or the WNBA tomorrow, you would totally make it. I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. The last time I tried to shoot a basketball, I airballed hardcore. It was really embarrassing. Um, but I would roll my eyes because I wouldn't actually think that. And that's an extreme example, of course. But I think a lot of times we make really famous musicians feel like that's like this otherworldly thing that they're doing it's like there's no way I could be them because they're them you know and that's not me and I think that um, we have to work through that so what's the first step right so the first step in this zero to 100 is not positivity so if we try to go from negative to positive it's just going to make us dig our heels in more and we can't lie to ourselves like truly we cannot lie to ourselves and and we always know when we're doing it we try to say an affirmation we try to like you know tell ourselves we're the greatest of all time it's like doesn't work if we don't believe it um and that's why okay also that's why people who actually think they're the greatest of all time usually find success because they believe it and honest, that's the honest truth, I think. Um, but not everyone has an inherent belief in themselves <laughs> or an unconditional belief in themselves. So here we are, we're at zero and we're trying to get to a hundred. And so what we want to do is create possibility in our minds. So what that might look like is like, what if it's possible that one day I, I could feel comfortable what if it's possible that I could one day feel comfortable sitting in that spot in the orchestra? What if it's possible that I could play a great audition at this school? What if it's possible that I will reach my goal someday? I think creating possibility, what if it's possible? Or what if this is going to be easier than I thought. What if I am just as capable as anyone else auditioning for this thing? Notice all of my what if questions are just questions. I love these because they're called affirmations. I, I don't know. I saw it somewhere once. Someone called it affirmations, but I love this because when we do this in a negative way, th- that's when self-doubt comes in. Like, oh, what if it doesn't go well? Like, oh, what if I mess up? And then our brain spirals and we feel terrible. We're just doing this in, in, a, in a slightly more positive way, right? But we're not stating things as truths. We are creating possibility in our minds, right? So we can do that. If that is too unbelievable for you, start at neutral. Someone's going to win that audition. I'm taking this audition. 
I am playing XYZ instrument today. I'm practicing today. I play the flute. <laughs> like It could be neutral things, neutral facts that are maybe not going to get you to 100%, but I want you to state the facts of whatever you're doing. And I want you to look at the facts. So let's say you're auditioning for an orchestra or a school. Let's do school auditions because those are coming up. So if you're auditioning for music school, um, okay, you are going to travel to this place. You're going to play an audition. You're going to go into a room. You're going to make sound waves with your instrument. And then you are going to come out and they are going to make a decision and they are going to choose you or not choose you or waitlist you. And that's it. It doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean anything at all. It means they chose you or they didn't choose you. I know you've probably heard me say this a thousand times, but that's all it means, right? So whatever you're making it mean about you or what you're afraid that you're going to make it mean about you is actually what's holding you back, right? So stating things really neutrally, asking information questions. What if this is doable? Like what if they have to pick someone and it could be me, right? Starting to get the wheels turning in the other direction and then keeping that momentum going all the way up to, I really actually like how I'm playing this. I feel really good about what I've prepared. And then that can transfer into, even if it doesn't work out this year, I'm going to try again next year. And this is what I really want. And if I really want this, then I'm going to make it happen for myself. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm going to come back, right? It could be anything. So I really think that when we have these very narrow focus goals of an audition or an event, it can limit us in so many ways because then we have this like one finite five to 10 minute segment of our life <laughs> that we put so much pressure on. But if you know that there's going to be a thousand opportunities down the road, this moment doesn't feel so heavy. It could just be an experiment, an exploration of what you can do right now. And I really like that. I think that, you know, obviously I want to mention too that you want to make sure that anything you're doing also feels good to you in terms of auditions because that's what we're on. This is a bit of a side tangent, but financially, it's got to feel good to you. If you're taking a huge financial risk to fly to the other side of the country and take an audition and uh, you feel so much pressure around that, that you feel like sick about it and you know that you probably won't play well, like that is something to take into consideration. I've definitely done that. I've absolutely had a panic attack on a frontier flight because they charged me for my backpack. And it was like a hundred dollars anyway, you know, like, like on the way to an audition and, and it's, that's not great. That's not a great headspace to be in. So I, I feel like 
we also have to notice like all of the aspects of playing our instrument, of being a musician, what that entails for auditions and everything else. So our getting in our own way may have a lot of different aspects to it, right? Do we actually want the job we're auditioning for or are we just kind of following the crowd? I was one to follow the crowd. I think I auditioned for like 18 different orchestras before I realized that like I don't know if I actually even want that, which is crazy to say out loud into a microphone that, you know, is in your probably in your ears now, um, earbuds now, but I, I definitely just thought, oh, I have to do this to prove myself. And that was the fastest way to be in my own way. Um, I like kept saying, I don't know why it's not working. I don't know why I can't play well in auditions. And it's not that I wasn't playing well, it was just that I think I there was so much more potential than I knew. And my teacher kept saying it, which is why I had some concerns. <laughs> like, where are you? Like, mentally, what's going on? Like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and if I kept saying I don't know, which I did for a long time, then nothing shifted. So the biggest thing that I think gets in our way is our fear of our opinion of ourselves or what we think other people will think. And if you're able to know yourself, decide on purpose what your opinion of yourself is going to be, work toward changing your mind so you really believe that opinion, and then go into an audition with confidence that you know how you're playing, you like how you're playing, you go, whether you do that or not, you're going to be proud of yourself and you know how you're going to treat yourself. And you're going to feel disappointed if it's a statistically likely disappointing experience. And you're going to self-soothe and you know how to get through it. Like, honestly, that is allowing you to get out of your own way. It's almost like you pave the way for yourself by doing this work ahead of time rather than being scared that it's not going to be good enough again and you're going to have to rethink your whole life and you're going to have to X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, right? It's catastrophe thinking. I think it's really important to remember that this is so common and they don't teach you this stuff in music school. They don't teach you how to sit with your emotions after rejection after rejection. Even when you see your friends or people that are at your school, like getting all of these things, they don't tell you how to deal with feeling inadequate. They don't tell you how to be resilient in this field and to put yourself out there time after time. And that's actually what it takes because as we know, something they do tell us is everyone can play well, right? That's what everyone says. Everyone can play well now. So what's the difference? They don't teach us the difference. They teach us to play well, right? We have to find the difference on our own. 
So I hope this wasn't too rambly, but I think that getting out of your own way isn't, isn't going to be built. This, this getting out of your own way, this maybe making way for what you know you can do isn't, isn't the work you do in your practice room necessarily. It's the thoughts that you think and the feelings you feel around what you do. I think it's so important to recognize that because there's no amount of like drilling excerpts that's going to make you feel like you have, I don't know, it's not going to make you believe your limiting beliefs less. It's not going to make you feel confident all of a sudden when you hit some like weird universal standard threshold of like firebird like you can't just like play it well enough and then your brain switches it's like oh my gosh it was now I'm confident right like it, it takes time it takes work so if you are interested in this work I coach people one on one through this exact stuff so if you're looking to get out of your own way I have a way to do that in 30 days. I have a 30-day program that's tailored exactly to you. We work on exactly what you want to work on. Usually it's people's relationship with their instrument and with themselves. That's what this work is really about and believing in themselves. And honestly, I've seen some incredible transformations, some clients who literally felt anxious as soon as they picked up their instrument. They heard a sound and, and flinched and their nervous system engaged. And to go from, from that in 30 days to actually enjoying the process has been some of the most rewarding um, work I've ever done. So I am here for you. Sign up for a preliminary call in the show notes. Um, there's a link there and you can sign up for a time, but until next week, I hope you have a beautiful week.